Hello and welcome to another episode of the Men's Wear Style Podcast. I'm your host Pete Brooker and on this episode I'm going to talk to Tom Holmes, co-founder of Wax London and I'm going to pull a short clip from the website here which you can find by the way at waxlondon.com. Craftsmanship, quality and care remain at the core of everything we do. During this time of reflection, we want to celebrate the backbone of our business, the talented craftsmen and women who share our factory floor. Over 50 years of experience and multiple generations contribute to every garment, something which we are proud to share with you. So meet our makers and then they go on about a short video and you can catch all that over on the website. So that interview with Tom to come, Tom is a really nice uh, down-to-earth guy. We speak about the design process sustainability and at one point i referred to his business as a tiny inflatable boat (laughs) i think he took it within the spirit that it was intended at least i hope he did but before we get to tom don't forget to check out the show notes at menswearstyle.co.uk and we're on the social at menswearstyle if you want to tell us about your brand maybe you want to come on the show maybe you want to tell us about your journey maybe you want me to call your business a tiny little boat and a dinghy eh <laughs> email us at info at menswearstyle.co.uk okay let's get to it this is a good one and i hope you enjoy it here is that interview with tom holmes co-founder of wax london well it's my great pleasure to introduce tom holmes co-founder of wax london how are we doing today tom yeah, all good, all good. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? No, real good. Thanks, mate. So, Tom, please, could you just introduce yourself and maybe brag a little bit about Wax London? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, so my name's Tom. Um, started the brand uh, kind of five years ago with myself and my two uh, two uh, partners, so one of whom is actually my wife, so Steffi. Um, it's a creative director and then our business partner, uh, Richard Singh, um, who's kind of on the more commercial side of the business. Yeah. So started five years ago. Um, we started the original kind of concept for the brand was, was really working with Outwear and bringing it back to the UK hence, hence the name Wax, but it's definitely expanded, uh, from there. Uh, yeah. And I'd say the last 18 months has kind of been a real, moment for, for, for the brand um so an exciting time to speak with you for sure wonderful so what is your background so five years ago you started the brand what was your prep and your and your education going into this yeah um worked with a couple of other brands before but essentially a graphic designer is uh was what i was what i trained as um wouldn't say it was necessarily anything that i wanted to pursue after uni so it's kind of worked with um spatial design a little bit of graphics but then also working with other brands uh and working with kind of richard on production the kind of like production and manufacturing side of of fashion and then steffi is saint martin's alumni so she's kind of the Ah, bona fide designer uh whereas me and richard just blagging it (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look. so so Steffi's basically the brains of the operation uh that's, yeah that's, and the beauty and the beauty <laughs> which is but I think that's on my girlfriend's business card as well so uh, that's yeah exactly, house exactly. Parties. <laughs> so uh, made in London oh sorry uh, what I was going to ask about the brand is that all the garments uh, are made in London I know that you saw some of the fabrics from Italian mills and 
British mills as well. Perhaps you can elaborate on some of that, please. Yeah, so we make um, all the outerwear in London, um, which has been a really a kind of a cornerstone of the business, of that kind of uh, manufacturing close to home. We're using kind of uh, some really, really uh, great mills from Europe, but also from the UK, a couple of Hayley Stevenson, British Millerain, and kind of quite famous mills that, that people would know. Then we make um, everything else pretty much is in Portugal. And then we work with one uh, factory in Bangladesh, but they're kind of top of their class in terms of um, the way that they treat their staff, which obviously, I don't know if you know, but that's a big part of kind of how we started the brand, honesty and the way that we're making it and pricing it and all, and all that type of stuff. So yeah, I think now, especially with, with Brexit, the, um, the UK is becoming more and more of a, of a prevalent option, especially from a finance side of things, where it maybe wasn't a few years ago, just with the uncertainty that's surrounding Europe. So I think we're well poised on that side of things. Obviously, being able to actually physically go to the, the, the workshops and see it being made in a much easier way. So yeah, lots of pluses working with, with the UK for sure. Okay. And so did the e-commerce store come first and then the flagship store come after? What was, what was the order? Absolutely, yeah. So... Web, the website was the, the the kind of the way we launched the the brand. Um, we've got um, wholesale is a pretty good arm of the business as well, so we're kind of reps really well in the UK, America, and then we actually so we opened the store a month ago, so really ah. fresh on that, yeah, oh, um, which is just off Carnaby Street, and it's been great. I mean, it's obviously quite a strange time to be doing it, but equally. Maybe we wouldn't have got the opportunity hadn't had it not been for this time. So yeah, seeing it as a as a positive story for sure. And when you say opportunity, uh, don't let me put words in your mouth. But is it has uh, the landlord giving any dispensation for rates in terms of you know exactly? It must, it must exactly. be very hard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I think just a lot of people are really struggling, um, and I think it's good to see younger, smaller brands getting that chance. Um, which if you walk around, you know, most areas right now, there's a lot of opportunities that maybe weren't there before. But And, and it's actually worked, which has been really great. So, um, yeah, it's been a good good experience for sure. Great. Well, I guess if your wife was an attendee of St. Martin's in Carnaby Street or setting off something, is it Newburgh Street? You're, you're just off Carnaby Newburgh, Street, Newburgh, right? exactly. Yeah, exactly. It must yeah. be a dream come true, right? Kind of- oh, really, absolutely. I mean, it's a great moment uh for all of us i think to have that open but yeah obviously uh for Steffi as well from that from that same month and it's great for her and what can people expect if they were to come down the store tom so we're sharing the space with um kind of a a friend of the brand which is a, a coffee roastery called rounds hill roastery um which is a really kind of uh, yeah, a great coffee roasting business out of Radstock, just outside of Bristol. And he, the founder is actually a personal friend of mine. So there's like a, an in-store kind of coffee experience. And I think if it weren't for, obviously, the kind of strange times we're in, definitely having that more of club, more of a clubhouse uh, feel would be what we'd be going for. Obviously, a little difficult with 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 what we're going through, but it's definitely not a packed full of products trying to get you to spend money it's trying to you know make the people understand who we are as a brand it's welcoming inviting um 
yeah, and seeing it more as a as a an introduction to the brand and necessarily just trying to throw product at people is kind yeah. of was the concept. Nice. Well, it's weird. I actually just had a conversation with David Boyne. Uh, he's opened up the the RS, the Carnaby Street store around the corner for the Rolling Stones. Okay, yeah, yeah, we've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we were just commenting on how it really is important for people to have some kind of experience when they go out and see a shop anymore because it's it's an investment in their time. So, like, look, come down and see what we're about. I mean, you can pretty much see what people are about by going on their online store. <laughs> so Absolutely. It, it's, I think uh, physically seeing the customer for us has been a, been a really nice thing we've got from it. Also something that's really interesting is the amount of uh, girls buying it. And I think that's definitely been a quite a pivotal, pivotal moment for us and seeing that because we've kind of always spoken about, you know, a lot of the products would be unisex. So I think it's, that'll be a moment. This, this shop has shown us we should pursue that much right. happier. Do you mean pursue the unisex option or actually divide it up and have a man and women's section? I think probably short term it's unisex and then long term looking at maybe a man and woman's option. But I think the way the world's going and, you know, unisex is, uh, you know, a, a, a way that we'd be looking to go probably, especially in some of the kind of jersey and uh, easier kind of wear pieces. Right. Interesting. And so... Tell me about the design process. Do you, as uh, you and your wife, produce the designs, and then does she get the final say? And then do arguments happen at home? <laughs> do tables get turned over? Um, <laughs> What's a day in the life like? Yeah, I mean, we're pretty. We we kind of, you know, we've been doing it for five years together. Um, I think we're definitely unique for our age to be married. I, I look around at my friends. There's not loads of my friends who are married, so already it's quite unique. And then to also work together, it's quite a I think people will probably look at that and be like, wow, that's a lot. But I think, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. It works really well. We have certain kind of boundaries that we try and not cross talking about work at home. Obviously, sometimes you've got to, but um, yeah, generally, I mean, it works really well and I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. Um, the design process, definitely Richard and myself have an input, but Steffi's definitely the, the kind of leading creative force. She's got a little team around her who, who are great. Um, and we'll have our two cents, but she's definitely got the final say. <laughs> right, okay. Well, as, as in most things in life, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> and so what's the production run like on these garments? Uh, are they kind of big in nature? Are they made to order? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I think we, so obviously we've got a wholesale, uh, you know, relatively large wholesale business now. And I'm sure that, you know, the way that that works is you're kind of, we're kind of led by that um, lead time that's required. So, you know, right now, if we, for example, what is it? It's, you know, it's October. Um, we're getting in all of next winter's product. So autumn 21, it's all designed. We'll be getting all the samples in mid-November. Um, so obviously that's quite a long time before we actually would be producing it. Then we're showing it in January. So we're with Polly King sales agent, uh, that you know them, but they're, you know, pretty reputable one. And then we'll be going into production probably March next year on that. Uh, and we definitely, I mean, as the difficulty with any small brand is minimums and all that type of stuff, which has been a, a real struggle, but 
also a strength of making in the UK because I think a lot of the UK factories are a lot more flexible on that on that side of things. Uh, but we're now in a lucky position where we've got to the point where we can kind of actually produce some, you know, decent sized orders. We're not talking, you know, massive orders, but definitely enough to to make the factories actually want to be working with us and excited about it. So yeah, it's quite an exciting time to not have to be worrying about about that. But definitely we're not making we're not trying to mass produce we're using upcycled fabrics where we can um most things we're not repeating so it's kind of one off um yeah so that gives a little a little light into it what are the upcycled fabrics how does that process work are these uh, kind of end of roll materials that i hear sometimes about exactly so it's, yeah. it's either well with with covid for example i think there was a obviously a massive um decrease in, in a lot of cancellations in orders so there was suddenly all these rolls of fabric that have been produced that the mills are just sitting on so we're looking at using those where we can we also work with some portuguese and french mills who who've just got rolls some of them dating back to the 30s that are just sitting in these warehouses and wow wherever which is yeah absolutely that is incredible. crazy yeah that's yeah which is which is it's like a treasure trove for for a designer to walk around there i bet um yeah and so trying to trying to use those wherever possible and just limit the you know all the water consumption all the things that come with producing new fabrics um so that's been a focus of the brand from day one was that kind of yeah sustainability and all that type of stuff which is obviously having such a moment now um and i think it's you know what needs to happen so it's just nice to know that the values we set out with are, the, are kind of becoming much more prevalent in just the day-to-day life of people. It, I've only just thought of this, and maybe you can colour in this. It's, it's, I wouldn't even call it a theory, but it does seem to me the more brands and captains of industry that I speak to, it's more of the the, the kind of up-and-comers and the, in terms of the, the smaller brands versus like the Primarchs and the H&Ms have more of a focus on this and have had more of a focus on this not just in the last 18 months but in the last eight years so yeah i I do kind of think well how come if if these guys that might only have a handful of stores dotted around how come these guys it was so important for these guys to get it right and yet the big guys just kind of going well let's hope no one talks about this (laughs) do you know what i mean well i mean i don't want yeah i can't comment too much on what the big i think it's going to change. I think we're seeing it change already. If you look at what's going on at a high street level, you know, it's just like a kind of, I think a non-negotiable really moving forward. And I think if you're going to, if you want to have a brand that's going to be here in 10 years, it's just something that you've got to do. Um, and I think probably with those larger businesses, it's just about, it wasn't in the um, common conversation. So you can just not do it, which is yeah. obviously not, not the correct way to, to look at things but it's just the reality of life i guess but i i do think that everyone's going to have to get on board with it because you know we changes have to happen or we're heading down a pretty scary path really well also i guess the bigger the brand you are the more machinery and the politics you have to negotiate exactly and, and, and it's the harder like, to change it the harder it is to turn the titanic around than it is you know just you know, yeah, a yacht exactly. or a speedboat exactly. but it does yeah, seem it does <laughs> I, I hate to uh, <laughs> you, you'll be like how did the how did the podcast go yeah he called my uh, business a dinghy yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it's all good all good i mean compared to some of those guys that's definitely what we are so <laughs> well uh, i mean listen i've 
I really love some of the garments on the on the site that I had a, a nose through earlier. Uh, I was looking at the the Fajulan jacket that had sold out. Yeah, floral mango. Yeah. Now, when's that coming back in? Any most things that are on there and they're out of stock, it means we're doing kind of small runs of them coming back in. So I can I'll make sure to let you know when that one's back. Um, I can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is say yours and and your wife Stevie's? What is her inspiration for the design process? Does she look at films or does she have like a, a favorite designer or tries to? I mean, she definitely she'll definitely have her own designers, and I think uh, each each season will have um, there'll be you know starting points for the collection. So. For example, this collection was kind of nostalgia was the word that she was looking at. So looking back at memories of your childhood and, you know, all those moments when you're young. But I think there's, and then there's, there's uh, overarching, you know, handwriting to the brand, which is evolving all the time. Um, but yeah, film, music, if you look at a lot of our styles, they're named after musicians or, famous actors that have inspired us so yeah it's definitely kind of getting that inspiration from the culture and and world around us london is obviously such a diverse and inspiring city so uh-huh. so much so much inspiration here um yeah so it's all around us i would say and what films are you looking at i mean i guess I, and again don't I mean, we put words in to go last night so oh nice that's on the iplayer i think isn't it i'm gonna have to <laughs> yeah i think maybe i don't know Netflix one, but that's what we watched last night so i mean really diverse movies and films but um yeah you know we've got the chet jacket which is named after chet baker and the kurt trouser which is named after kurt Cobain. so it's all these different inspirations around us basically nice and the whitham the whitham coach jacket so the Witham coach jacket is a place and the same with so our best selling shirt is um Witham's just outside of Essex right exactly I know that I I played football down at Witham Football's Club and got you go and got in a fight afterwards outside of the car park Uh, I I didn't I watched on I watched other people fight (laughs) well yeah there you go and then so our best selling overshirt which is the whiting that's my cousin's surname so we kind of maybe want some royalties on that for how well it's selling but yeah it's just you know <laughs> lots of different inspirations on how we name things and get our inspiration from nice and tom maybe you can touch upon what the future holds for the brand do you think i mean i know we talked about like later seasons which by the way must be crazy that you're doing a season a year ahead when you also have things like christmas coming up and you know what do you do around you know, I, yeah, when I was working so, in a shop, Christmas was huge. You had to prepare for it months in advance. Absolutely, which I think, I mean, most I've you know seen lots of the interviews you guys have done, and a, a lot of those brands will be working to the same schedule that we are. Um, I think the focus for us as a brand, and I think the focus for if you were to speak to nine out of ten, you know, small business owners, is definitely that direct to consumer model of just owning our own relationship with our customers um, for, for so many reasons, um, especially through this kind of pandemic that we've gone through, obviously all the uncertainty that surrounded that, but we've had such a great reaction from all the you know community around us. And I think as we go forward, that's definitely the space that, that everyone's going to be trying to own and just really improving our customer journey and improving the, you know, the, the journey that we're trying to offer people so that's probably the focus moving forward and then obviously having those key partnerships as well um 
yeah, and I and I think that that leads into by doing that, you can have that shorter lead time and be more reactive and you know not sit on all this stock and all this type of stuff. So there's just so many benefits to, to working that way. Um, but it's a kind of a chicken and egg. You've got to have these wholesalers to help grow the business, and yeah, it's an interesting and exciting journey for sure. Interesting. Well, listen, thanks for taking time out to talk about that journey. Uh, WaxLondon.com is the place people can go. And also, if you're in town, do head down to Soho, uh, just, sorry, Carnaby Street, just off uh, Newburgh Street, and you'll, you'll find your shop there and have a coffee and sit around and nose through some of the clothes there, which uh, Absolutely. I'd love to do. And if you're on Instagram, make sure you're, you're checking out Wax London Clothing, I believe, on Instagram. The people there. Absolutely. Brilliant. Tom, well, thank great. you very much, Peter. Cheers. Thanks so much, mate. Great talking to you. And best Have a good one. Yep. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. How about that? Tom Holmes. Great insights there, I think, what it's like right now in the retail sector. So make sure you're supporting the good guys and head over to waxlondon.com and treat yourself or your loved one. In the meantime, thanks for tuning in. If you like what you're hearing, do leave us a review. It does help our egos around the joint. And until next time, 